Living every day to define man's mission yeah. Looking to the sky for divine transmission yeah. Deaf man's vision makes the blind man listen yeah. Eyes on the prize, this is blind ambition Thank you. What's going on world? Welcome to episode 2 of Road to the Oddball Chronicles I'm your host Michael Serial Sensei Williams It is 9.30 in the morning I did not think I was going to start my day off by recording But um, I figured I would do this because uh, plans in my book rollout have changed. But uh, change is for the better. Um, but before I get to that, uh, thank you to everybody who listened to the first installment of this series. Um, also, thank you to everybody who checked out uh, my other podcast, the Dojo Talk Podcast. We put out an impromptu episode uh, literally following UFC 229 right after it ended. <laughs> we recorded till like 3.30 in the morning. But the numbers on that episode, that's probably, uh, it's got to be one of my highest, one of our highest um, listened to episodes. Like within a day, I think we hit 100, which, you know, doesn't sound like a lot. But <laughs> for our little small podcast in this little corner of the world, for us to get that in like a day was pretty awesome. I, I don't know if we'll keep that steam going. I hope so. But thank you to everybody who listened to that. That was really awesome to wake up to this morning. Um, but back to the Oddball Chronicles. So, um, as I stated earlier, things in this rollout have changed, but change is good, changes for the better. Um, so I had submitted my book to Amazon uh, for to set up for a pre-order, and you know when I set up for it, they said you know it takes up to seventy-two hours, I believe, to get verified. Blah blah blah. So I'm like, all right, cool. I'll just wait a couple days, get the email, and then I'll put the pre-order up. And then I got an email about an hour later, and it was already set up. So I say that to say this. If you can hear my voice, pre-orders for the Oddball Chronicles are now available, starting at a very low price, 99 cents. So I'm literally just asking you, just let me borrow $1. <laughs> just let me borrow $1. I would greatly appreciate it. Um, So links to the pre-order will be in the description below so just give that a look um if you follow me um or if you're friends with me on facebook link of i'll be posting it all over facebook um if you follow me on twitter it'll be on there um, i'll also be doing updates on my wordpress so i'll keep you guys updated literally with every step i do so everybody will all be on the same page there'll be no confusion everybody will know what's going on at the same time in real time as it happens so um yeah pre-orders are up now so you know go 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 hit that link let, let me borrow a dollar and the release date will be november 12th so that gives me about a month's time roughly so november 12th 2018 that is a release date of the oddball chronicles and just to clear up a few things um like i said so everybody's on the same page um, you do this is going to be at least for now because I'm still kind of learning everything and it's much easier for me to manage my book on just one platform as opposed to multiple at least as of now I'm just still trying to get my feet wet with all of this so as of now it is only going to be available um, on Amazon just for now um, that probably will change in the future but just to keep everything in one centralized location as of right now, I feel like that's easier for me 
that's easier for you guys so you all know where it is you just got to go to one spot um, you do not need an Amazon Kindle to read this though if you have one of course that that helps if you do not have a Kindle you'll notice when you click on the pre-order link uh, when you go to the page uh, where the book is at there is a link um, right under the price um, that says uh, read oops sorry <laughs> that says read with our free app and you can read it you can literally just read the book um, through the app um, you can also if you want to go to Amazon just go to the search bar type in Kindle Cloud Reader um, I'm guessing that's the same app that this may redirect you to but just just so you, you know FYI anyway um, if you go to the Kindle Cloud Reader you can click on that on Amazon and once you buy a book it'll send the book to your cloud reader and the cloud reader you can access literally just through your web browser so you don't have to have a Kindle I believe you can also download it in the app stores um, so you have multiple ways to read it you do not have to have a Kindle to read the book and if you if you're having any technical problems or you know that's confusing let me know um, just literally just reach out to me we'll work something out if it comes down to it <laughs> when the book releases I'll just email you a copy of the book you know I'll send you a PDF or something but um, now like I said you, you can you can read it on the Kindle and you, you can either read it on the Kindle or you can just download the Kindle cloud um, reader and you can read it through there and that is not an app you have to pay for or anything like that you can just read it straight through your browser and November 12th November 12th November 12th <laughs> so thank you for anybody who pre-orders definitely appreciate it um, the reason I'm actually recording this well for one I didn't think the pre-order link was gonna go up so fast and two I kind of figured if um if I'm gonna put the pre-order up and reveal all the artwork um, I might as well talk about the actual book <laughs> I didn't plan on doing this episode until the last one in the series um, this was I, I was going to release this as the last one right before the book releases but and in my mind I figured it, it wouldn't make sense for me to put up a pre-order link um, and nobody really know what the book is about though you know I would appreciate the support if you pre-ordered anyway but you know I, I feel like it's kind of fair that you even though it's you know I'm, I'm only asking for a dollar it's not not a, not a lot but even for just that dollar, you, you deserve to know what it is that you're potentially getting into. So, I'll just kind of run down what got me here, <laughs> why it took me so long to to finish this, um, and I'll, I'll talk about some characters in the book, some themes in the book, all that good stuff. Um, so, I guess we can start this back from the beginning I want to say I started this in 2013, but I feel like I started this earlier. But when I check, like, literally my Word documents and I look at the dates they were created, like I have so many versions of this typed in my computer. The earliest date I can find is 2013, but something tells me I started this earlier. But e either way, um, I started this <laughs> a long time ago, it, it seems like, eons ago. And, um... I had to get back into writing to even get into this and what I mean is I wrote a lot you know throughout teenage years and I would say like young adult years you know like basically like just like high school kind of um, and a little bit after that but eventually I'd hit this point for a couple of years where I had actually just stopped writing 
like I wasn't really <laughs> I wasn't writing like at all I pretty much full gear switched on to to doing music and I went to a recording school um, I majored in mass communications so I had access to a studio so I was helping friends record and engineering was like really my thing that was what I spent a lot of my time doing um you know like I said helping friends record just being in that kind of environment and I really enjoyed it enjoyed, enjoyed it so much that I decided you know what, I'm just gonna go to an audio school and really like go hard with this so I went uh to Sheffield uh Institute which is in Phoenix Maryland um I think I was there man what year was that was that 2011 sometime around give or take a year um I went there met a lot of really talented people learned a lot about the recording process and in terms of music and even how to like set up uh, a live stage and it, it was really fun man it was a really really great experience and <laughs> I say that to say I went through all of that I went through all of that to realize I don't want to do this for the rest of my life and that was kind of a hard pill to swallow because I really really do love music like if you've known me for the longest time anybody who's if you if you've known me since like high school, I've always was the person who just used to walk around with headphones on all day. Even people who knew me in college, that's just what I did. I was the guy who I always had headphones on. I was always listening to something. And I've been like that since forever. Like since <laughs> since I had like a CD player when I was younger and even listening to like cassette tapes back when that was a thing. Um but yeah, I finished audio school and I was like, I don't know if I really want to do this anymore. And that kind of sucked. So, you know, for a while, you just kind of spend your time. I'm just kind of lost. It's like, well, what do I really do now? So I go back to college. Um, I had to finish out my degree, which is that's a whole nother. <laughs> it's, a, it's a whole nother story I don't even want to get into. But um, what got me back into writing, actually, was I took uh, a class called Electronic. I think it's called Electronic. Uh, media writing for electronic media something like that um and that class really gave me the itch to start writing again but i'd actually when i first jumped back into writing i was writing scripts and scripts are cool you know i actually have come to love them they're a pain um definitely way different than writing books but i started writing scripts and then i kind of got the itch i was like I should really just write a book like this is kind of low-key been something I've wanted to do for the longest time and I'd actually written a book before I never got published and thank God it never got published because it <laughs> I look back at what I wrote when I was you know 15 16 I was like ooh, this this was I'm glad this never saw the light of day boy this this was trash <laughs> but um so I had written books before, just things that never got released that no one on earth besides me will ever see. But yeah, I was like, I really want to just get back into writing. So I was trying to think of ideas, you know, what to write and what should the book be about. And I feel like the first inclination is to always start off big. I'm going to write this big, epic novel, something, something with all these characters and I don't know, magical power, something crazy, you know, really expansive. And then that just wasn't really clicking. 
and had to sit back down. It's like, all right, maybe I'm thinking too big. Maybe I need to do sometimes less is more. So had to dial it back, had to, had to pull it back, go, go back to the drawing board. And I had to think, you know, what is something? And I started to think short term, not short term, but um, a shorter length novel. Instead of doing like something that's like Harry Potter big, you know, what's something that I can give people that I can write somewhat fairly quick? It won't take me extremely long to write it, but it'll still be, you know, a good amount of content. And it'll be something easy for people to ingest and it won't take them that long to read it so that I'm not because I understand the attention age now. Um, I say this as I ramble on for minutes, minutes, <laughs> minutes at a time. But I wanted to give people something that they could just give a quick read and then they can put it down and go on with the rest of the day. And then, you know, when it's time for another volume, I'll hit you with another one. Because um, I understand, man, people, this is a rapid age. People move, 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 move. You don't got time to sit down and read a 500-page book. Well, may, maybe some people do, but I'm not going to give that to you because I don't want to write that. So I came up with the idea for the Oddball Chronicles. And I just kind of came to the point where I was like, I just want to write something relatable. What's well, more relatable than life. Like, just regular... <laughs> regular schmegular life which on the surface level sounds simple and i mean it is but it's simple but it's a lot at the same time like everybody lives life we all go through pitfalls and downfalls you know victories defeats you know triumphs and the worst of the worst the best of the best everything in between and i wanted to kind of write something to capture all of that so i came up with the idea for the oddball chronicles which i kind of just want this series and this is a series there will be more of these to represent just like growth so i just wanted to write something where i, I wanted to follow a person and just witness them grow go through just like the growing pains of life and them just really kind of get beat around <laughs> as they're trying to just maneuver through life and just become a better person. Um, and also I wanted to write something that not necessarily was that some, some of it is inspired by my personal life, but a lot of it are things I've, I've seen other people go through. And a lot of these are just, a lot of the stories that you'll see are things that mistakes that I've made or I've seen other people make that I kind of wish like, man, I wish somebody would have pulled me to the side before I did that when I was younger. So I would have never had to go through that. So I kind of just really want the series to represent, like I said, just just growth um, of a person, somebody growing and maturing, going through the downfalls and the pitfalls of life as a young person. And eventually reaching adulthood and trying to maneuver through that and that being a whole new battle. Um, so that's kind of what I wanted this book to just represent. Just just growth um, of a person. But I wanted to deliver it in a different way. And this is kind of where I'll start mentioning my influences. Um, two things that really, really heavily influenced this book. Um, 
two cartoons that I hold near and dear, <laughs> hold near and dear to my heart. Um, hey Arnold and the Boondocks. Um, these are the, the main two books, um, I'm sorry, main two cartoons that really influenced a lot of this book in terms of how it was written, um, character choices that I decided to go with, um, and like overall tone of the book. I've always, aside from the boondocks just being like <laughs> hilarious, I've always appreciated like the rawness of that show. As, as funny as it is, as wild as it can be, it has a, just this really raw honesty about it that I always, um, as a fan and as a writer, always like and always gravitated towards because that show did not pull punches. Like they, when they wanted to go, when they wanted to go somewhere with a topic, like they went there and they did not like hold back. And I always, I always appreciated that about that show. Um, so I wanted to like borrow some of that tone a little bit and kind of kind of put my own little twist on it um but still just have it be something really raw and really honest and hey arnold i always loved i felt like in a lot of hey arnold even as a kid like you were always pulling something from an episode it wasn't and you could say that with the boondocks too but i think for hey arnold a lot of times like episodes had messages and themes that they were trying to get across and another thing i really loved about hey arnold which really inspired um the characters i decided to go with were like the hey arnold was if you think about it was one of the most like diverse cartoons in terms of characters in terms of like personalities you had all different <laughs> races represented um ethnicities <laughs> body shapes personalities it was so many different so many different just kinds of people on that show and everybody had like their own distinct personality and they all managed to you know coexist in this you know their their little small part of the world so i wanted to kind of combine those two influences into a book so huh, i'm sorry i ramble a lot i say all that to say <laughs> This is what the Oddball Chronicles pretty much, um, those two influences shaped kind of like my idea of what I wanted the Oddball Chronicles to be and represent. And I guess now I'll just get in, I'll just get into the story and the characters and you'll kind of see how things, you know, correlate and match up, so on and so forth. But the Oddball Chronicles uh, follows my main character, Omar Odd, who is a transfer high school student um, he lived in a city called Ingleside and then he moved uh, to a city called Ridgewood in his junior year of high school so he's the new kid on the block um, Omar as a as a personality um, he's very nonchalant <laughs> kind of about things um, he's kind of just like that quiet kid in the back of the classroom who kind of really doesn't want to be bothered he's just kind of here to be here and he kind of you know i'm going to be here because i kind of have to and then i just kind of want to go about my day and i would prefer if he just kind of left me alone <laughs> but you know he's not really a mean person he kind of puts on this front that he doesn't want to be bothered but if you talk to him he'll he'll open up but he's still an an, an introvert i would say in every sense of the word so he gets thrust into this new environment that he 
kind of doesn't want to be in, but you know he's he's trying to make it work. You know he, he's trying to do what he can to to get comfortable. You know in this new environment, and you know eventually he does come to meet friends, and as he starts to make friends, you know he starts to have these new life experiences. Um, he starts to make <laughs> uh, some some questionable decisions, and he's just going through life. He's really just at seventeen. He's trying to figure this whole life thing out because he he feels like there's there's something more than what he's experiencing. It, it's almost like he's trying to search for something, and in this search, he's just. He's just going through the growing pains, trying to like figure out that missing piece of life that he's he's searching for in his own little witty, you know, kind of way. And, you know, across his journey, even like I said, him being an introvert, him not really talking to a ton of people, he still ends up meeting friends. Um, I won't say how because I don't want to spoil the story, but there's an event that happens to him which pretty much causes him in a roundabout way to uh, make a new cast of friends. And I should also mention, Omar uh, is an African-American character. Um, his parents, of course, almost uh, also African-American. Um, his dad's name is Otis Odd. His mom's uh, name is Claudia Odd. And uh, <laughs> I-, I picked Otis because it's just like the perfect old man name. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> that just represents like you think of an old person and an old an older black guy Otis is like the first name that pops in your head so that I just thought that was funny to me so I was like yeah, his, his dad's definitely gonna be named Otis um he's kind of Omar is kind of like his parents in a way but also not there's some personality traits that he borrows from them but others that he doesn't um Otis kind of like Omar they're both kind of witty and they they get in like these little playful like verbal sparring matches but Otis just via <laughs> his old man experience kind of has Omar beat in the, in the verbal sparring department um, but that's kind of where Omar gets his his humor from is kind of from his dad but his dad personality wise is a much more outgoing he's a little more out there he's a little more a little more wild and Omar himself is very you know like I said, he's really kind of reserved and really just nonchalant. Uh, his mother, Claudia, uh, is very smart. Um, she's a librarian. I should also mention uh, Omar's uh, dad, Otis, uh, owns a uh, buffet restaurant called Papa Belly. And his mom, Claudia, is a uh, librarian at a college. And his mom is like a, just a walking hub of information. And she also is, is kind of witty, but I think she's a bit more straightforward <laughs> with, with her talking. Um, she, she's kind of the one who keeps Omar in check. But I, I, what I wanted to do with both of his parents and something that um, I try to do when I create conflicts for Omar is that his parents teach in a way that it's not so much that we're going to tell you what to do. They give him advice along the way. They'll let him know if he's walking into a situation that he shouldn't be getting into. But they don't necessarily rescue him off top. 
they kind of let Omar do his thing. And as long as it doesn't get too deep, they'll let him go. And because they just, they accept that Omar is, o Omar walks his own little path. He's, he's in his own little world, marching to the beat <laughs> of his own little drum. And he's just kind of going to do what he's going to do. So they'll give him warnings. They'll let him know what the deal is. They always are extremely honest with him. But they let him walk his own path. And they just figure the, the best way for him to learn is for him to just kind of go through it if he's not willing to take our advice. And then if it, if it gets too deep, if, if things get too, if things go too far left, we'll pull him back center. But that's kind of like the relationship um, that Omar and his parents have. You know, they're, they're still loving parents, but they let him be his own person. You know, they let him do his own thing. And as long as he's not going too far off the rails... They just kind of let him go, and if he does, they'll, they'll pull him back, and they'll they'll set him back straight. But that's kind of the relationship that his parents has. Um, other characters you will meet. Um, uh, there's a character named Kaz. Uh, entire name Kazushiro Yamamoto, um, but well, they call him Kaz for short. Um, he is <laughs> he he he's the wild man of, of the crew. Um, as you can judge by his name, um, he's Asian, Japanese to be specific. Um, Kaz is just, he, he's, he, he's a good person at heart. His, his intentions are in the right place, but he's kind of just, he's a wild card. Like, he's kind of all over the place. He doesn't necessarily think before he acts. He just kind of jumps into stuff. Um, and just, he, he has a really just big personality. He, he's... When he steps in the room, <laughs> you know you know he's there. Um, he he's he's loyal sometimes. I won't say to a fault, but as wild as he is, as crazy as he is, he's like the most down person. You know he he's that guy on the crew. Like good or bad, whether you're right or wrong, he he's there with you every step of the way. Even if it means he's got to throw hands, if he's got to fight, he'll do whatever he has to do to to look out for you because that's just kind of kind of just who he is. Um, so you'll, you'll, you'll meet Kaz. He's a, <laughs> he, he was one of the funnest characters to write in this book because I, I felt like with him, I just had so much free range to just kind of, <laughs> I can just write him and let him, he can kind of just go, he can just do whatever. He's so spontaneous that I can just put him in all of these crazy situations, but due to his personality, like it makes sense because he's just, like I said, Good person at heart, but dude is out of control. <laughs> he, he doesn't know when to tone it back sometimes. But um, you, you'll meet him. Um, other characters. Um, I'll just introduce you guys. Introduce you guys pretty much to the main core um, that you'll, you know, come to know that you'll read about in the book. Uh, Zuri Majors. Um, another character um, that you guys will meet. Um, she is. An athlete of, of athletes she's she's like a prodigy athlete uh, basketball uh, track and field soccer um, she's extremely competitive um, she, she's one of well a lot of a lot of these characters are around the same age uh, Omar is uh, 17 um, Kaz is 17 Zuri is also 17 
Um, these are all uh, juniors in high school. And she, what, what I wanted to explore with her is she kind of uses, it's kind of hard to walk this line because I can't spoil anything. <laughs> she uses her, her competitiveness and her kind of fiery personality. I won't say it's a front because she definitely, she, she's about that life. Like she does not like to lose in anything. Um, even when it comes to video games, like if you pick up a stick, she's trying to run you off. If you get on the court, she's trying to shoot you out the gym, <laughs> but she kind of has her own thing going on, which I'll explore with her in terms of she uses, she uses that competitiveness, um, as kind of a way to mask other things. And I'll leave that at that. I don't want to give away too much. Um, but you'll. As I explore her character more, you'll you'll see why she is the way he is, or why she is the way she is. Sorry, um, but she she'll she's one of the focal points also of the story. Um, next character is Russell Hall, aka they just call him Russ. Um, he is the youngest of the group. Uh, he's a sophomore at 16 years old. Um, did I mention that Zuri was black? I assumed y'all knew Zuri was black because of the name, but <laughs> um, Russell Hall, um, he is the next character in the book. Um, like I said, he's the youngest of the crew. He's kind of the, he, he's like the brainchild, um, not in the street smart kind of way, more, more so, more so book smarts, even though Russ doesn't try a lot, but everybody knows how capable he is but you'll see in the first volume of this book that he kind of has a lot <laughs> on his plate um and it kind of affects all areas of his life so in school he doesn't try as hard as he should but other things will be revealed about him that you'll see how smart he is um and kind of like the passions that he has. But he kind of gravitates to Omar in a way, which is weird because if you were to look at them um, from the outside looking in, just on a surface level, they don't look like they would really like hang out. Um, <laughs> uh, like I said, Omar is just very kind of reserved. He, he doesn't really talk to a ton of people if he doesn't have to. You know, skinny, a average size, you know, black 17-year-old who just walks around with his headphones, you know, and his little mini afro kind of just going about his way. And Russ is, uh, you know, he's a, the chubby Caucasian of the group. <laughs> Ch chubby, um, chubby kid, you know, frizzled hair, kind of dresses in his own little way, I, I should say, <laughs> he, he, he has his own little, little thing going on, but he, him, him and Omar, in a weird way, kind of gravitate toward each other, they're a lot more similar than they think they are, um, and he, he'll, he, he's one of the characters, I, on, on the first volume, I give everybody somewhat of a surface level, but Russ, you'll get to know a bit more he's one of the first characters I kind of really dived into in terms of like backstory um, so you get to kind of understand why he is the way he is 
Um, and he, he and Omar kind of kind of form a, a nice little bond. And the last core member of the crew, uh, Tiago Almeida, uh, this is big bro of the crew. He's the only senior at 18 years old. Um, I kind of wrote him as an ode. Um, I wanted to represent, with all these characters, I wanted to represent something. And the reason I picked all these different races and kind of people was because kind of that's how that's how I grew up. Like I, I've been to a lot of different kinds of schools. I've met a lot of different kind of people. Um, I come from a military family. Well, my pops is uh, since retired then, but you know I used to live on a lot of military bases as a kid. So I met people from all walks of life, and I've been to you know quote unquote rich schools or you know, the good schools on the, on the other side, uh, I've been to the, <laughs> you know, the quote unquote bad schools. I've been to schools that were almost all white. I've been to schools that were almost all black. Um, I, I've seen a lot and I wanted this book to represent that. And Tiago Almeida, um, as a, uh, Brazilian character in my book and, or I, I guess I'll say Afro-Brazilian if if there's such a term but um if you read any of my profiles my author profiles um, i put that i am a mixed martial arts enthusiast and i kind of wanted tiago to kind of represent that influence in my life because i i love mixed martial arts a lot of the fighters that i grew up watching and that i watch now were all brazilian and i designed i, <laughs> I made him in a way I remember, and I don't mean this to come off to come off as ignorant, but I remember like watching MMA way back in the day, and seeing seeing Brazilians who I thought were black, and I don't mean to like play semantics because I, I get it. If you trace lineages, kind of all come from the same place, but you know, you know what I mean, and. Uh, I'll just say like Anderson Silva. I remember the first time, one of the first times I seen Anderson Silva, and I saw a black bald dude with a mustache. I was like, oh, he just looks like a regular dude. And then I hear him speak. I'm like, what is this accent? I'm like a young, I'm a young kid when I first see this. So I don't really know a whole bunch about dialects and other places of the world. I'm, I'm pretty ignorant <laughs> at that age to things like that. So that was just really interesting to me. The first time like hearing Anderson Silva speak, I'm like, where? What is that accent? Um. I say that to say Tiago was derived of just my influences for mixed martial arts. Um, so that is kind of Tiago's uh, hobby. He is uh, an aspiring mixed martial artist. Um, like I said, he's he's big bro of the crew, the oldest one. Um, he he is a bit like Kaz, but slightly more, <laughs> I would say, mature. Um, he kind of just looks out after everybody. Um, he's the only one in the crew who actually drives, so he, he's normally the man behind the wheel. Um, like I said, he, he pretty much looks out every looks out for everybody, tries to make sure, you know, everybody's good, you know. But at the same time, he, he's got his, you know, little. He, he's he's trying to get his his fight career off the ground at a young age, um, and he personality was kind of cocky um some may say borderline arrogant but he, he he tries to play it cool but he, he definitely kind of has a 
you know, he, he has a little edge about him. Like I said, kind of like Kaz. He, he can be a bit on the wild side. He's not really afraid to put himself out there. But unlike Kaz, at least most of the time, he knows when to dial it back. Like, he, he knows when to not put himself in a bad situation. Unlike Kaz, who will just kind of... <laughs> he'll just kind of fly off the handle and not really think anything about it. But, yeah, he... Like I said, he, he's just kind of big bro of the group. And all of these characters... I'm in the first volume, and that's how I wrote this book. Um, it'll be in volumes, and I list them as episodes also. And the reason I decided to list them as episodes... Is because I kind of want the reader to think of this as like, like a cartoon. Like, not necessarily every story will be connected to the story that precedes it or the one that's before it or after it. Some of them are literally just they're standalone instances, while other ones do connect in some kind of way. Um, you know, the relationships with the characters will always grow and be consistent throughout each little episode. But like I said, not every single episode is necessarily like taking place like the day after the one the day after the one like before it or things like that so like i said some of them are connected together some of them are literally they're just standalone instances that happen by themselves so that's kind of how i wrote it so in the first volume most of these characters you'll pretty much get to know just on a surface level um it's you know it's just an introduction to kind of warm you up to who these people are kind of what they represent um on like a basic level as i'm working on volume two i'll start getting a lot deeper into personalities and a lot more you'll get to see why they are the way they are but you know as for now because it's just an introduction this first volume will just kind of get you warmed up to who these characters are and you know kind of just get a little sense of what they're about um themes that i wanted excuse me to touch on um man it's kind of hard to say this without spoiling um <laughs> there are instances where the, the 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 status quo i guess you could say quote unquote is challenged um themes of friendships and the intricacies of that um yeah it's really hard for me to get into specifics without kind of spoiling but like i said a lot of this first volume and really everything that'll precede it in in some way shape or form will just kind of focus like i said the, just the growing pains of life just friendships relationships Job, job struggles. Um, I really just want to show the process of somebody growing from young adulthood to adulthood and just having mistakes, learning from mistakes, and then trying to improve from there and kind of put my own little, little quirky, <laughs> I guess, twist on it. So you'll, you'll get to see Omar, um, grow with the help of his group of friends you know who are also going through their own little situations here and there um which will be you know revealed um as these characters continue to grow and they continue to build together um you know it's just everybody's just 
it's it's literally just like life was in high school, man. Like we're just we were all just young kids. None of us, you know, we we thought we knew what we were doing, but none of us really knew <laughs> what we were doing. We were just kind of out here, just kind of going crazy and not knowing it. And this is just kind of representing that. Like we're just these kids are just trying to figure it out. And as they get older, they'll learn, they'll grow, they'll think they got it figured out, and then they'll find out, you know, that there's still much more to be learned, you know, in, in this, this wild ride of life. And it's just them going through those growing pains. It's them trying to just become better people through all of these experiences that they have. And like I said, it's I, I can't give away specifics because I just kind of want people to read it, but you'll you'll get a sense of where I'm going um with this book in terms of themes and things I'll be addressing. I, th- I think you'll be able to pick up on it. Um cuz I I think I I write in a way that I want you to know what I'm talking about. I'm not trying to write to go over your head. Um so I think people will be able to to pick up on it. Um you'll, you'll be able to pick up on it pretty quick. I, I believe so. After, literally after like the first couple episodes. I think you'll get an idea of what I'm kind of trying to convey uh, with these stories in terms of, you know, characters going through growing pains. But also I wanted to touch on just things I've seen in the world that I myself thought were, would be good worth to mention. Um, that I kind of put these characters in those situations to kind of address certain topics and things of that nature. Um but I wanted to make sure I kind of did it in somewhat of like a comedic way. Um, I definitely wrote this. I, I don't want to write something that's just like extremely depressing. <laughs> so um, kind of the reason I love Omar so much is even when situations are terrible. Um, I, I try to put somewhat of a comedic element into it so that it's not just extremely depressing. Like he. I want to put that comedic edge so you can laugh at it, but you can still sit back and be like, man, I probably, I did that same thing when I was like 17 and that was really stupid. (laughs) And that's kind of why you can sit back and laugh at it. But, um, yeah, I just kind of wanted to put a comedic twist on the process of going through growing pains of going through life. Um, and even addressing like very serious issues, um, that I, you know, that I see throughout the world that just, kind of bother me one way or another so i hope that made sense i feel like i said a lot of words that may not have meant anything <laughs> but you know that's just kind of the sense of what the oddball chronicles is it's literally just a story of maturation and growth with my own little weird little quirky twist and you know turn on things that's kind of just what this represents but i want it to be diverse like i said you're gonna meet a lot of different characters different kinds of people from different backgrounds different walks of life and i don't throw that diverse word out to just be like a buzzword like i said i really the way i grew up i met i've met a lot of different people a lot of different kinds of personalities and i kind of wanted all of those to be um you know represented in one way or fashion um so really hope you guys enjoy this um like i said pre-orders are up now at the time that you can hear my voice on this recording so go give it a look um let me 
quick tell you just so you know how long the book is uh, it is 126 pages so not really not too long uh, I don't think I think a lot of people if you're a fast reader you probably get through that pretty quick some of y'all might breeze through that in a day I'm not sure but you know I want to get you in and out I'm not gonna keep you around here for extra long time and get you in you know get a get a quick little little giggle little laugh maybe maybe you'll learn something <laughs> uh you know stay stay entertained for the 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 episodes of, of the story which are there's six episodes um should also mention six episodes um in this first volume all different topics um almost different topics and like i said some of these episodes tie into each other some of them are just kind of like little standalone um instances but you know from mood it ranges from topics that are serious to topics that you know are a bit more lighthearted. but whether they're lighthearted or serious they all like i said kind of have this this little comedic quirky undertone to them to like i said I, I want you to laugh i don't want this to be like a super depressing read but i still hope that people pull just something from it um anything from it and luckily from the few people who i've shared this with some of y'all have seen samples i've gotten some pretty some pretty solid feedback on what i've written so i hope you guys really enjoy it man um i apologize for this i hope this all made sense <laughs> I, I said a lot of words i don't know if anything connected but i hope i hope you guys really um hope you guys really enjoy this so november 12th the Abba chronicles volume one it'll be out loan me a dollar that's all it costs um as always man you can catch me on soundcloud um at the dojo talk podcast i'll have a link for that below you can catch me on wordpress at the serial sensei i'll leave a link to that below um you can send me questions at dojo talk podcast.com um i use that to accept my questions because that inbox is normally pretty empty so you won't get lost in a an abyss <laughs> of other emails if you send me questions through there um you know if you follow me or you're friends with me on facebook updates will always be posted if you follow me on tumblr updates will always be posted um if you hit me up on twitter um updates will always be posted so all relevant links will be in the description below and that's all i got so that's the all about chronicles hope you guys enjoy click that pre-order link Loan me a dollar, please. Thank you for listening. Till next time, I will catch you guys later. <laughs>